0: And so, we are now about to shift into the very first part of a brand new series, uh, which we simply called White Space, which in a design, a design concept is, is the part of a painting or, or a piece of paper that was drawn on that's left intentionally blank so that what's placed there can really stand out. All of us have seen tons and tons of well done white space ads because all of us have been inundated with Apple product ads. You've seen an Apple ad, you, see, you open up a, a, a magazine and there's an entire piece of paper and it's just almost completely blank and white except for the iPhone 37 or whichever one it <laughs> happens to be on. And then there it is. There's, there it is, it's just, they just say, if we just show you this little, this little honey of a phone, then that's all we need to do, nothing extra. Well, the truth is, is that our lives, well, there are some things that really matter, and if we don't watch it, things are going to get cluttered up, and that's the whole point of this. That life can easily get cluttered with lots of important things, and the problem is, is they can crowd out the things in life that really, really matter. all of a sudden, they begin to put us in this uncomfortable, awkward place where we're just hitting it through life, where things are just coming at us, and everything's just, just a mess. And we can look at each individual piece and go, yeah, that's good. Sure, that's needful. Yeah, that's good. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. And then we look up, and all of a sudden, all these little good things have crowded out the stuff that's the most important, and it's just... Not a pleasant thing. I, I got my daughter's permission to tell this story. So everybody can't say, Brandon, you're a bad dad because you told this story. Because she gave me permission. And so. But when she was in the second grade, when Brooklyn, my oldest daughter, who's a senior now, was in the second grade. Um, then at her, in her school, then uh, Miss uh, Cassie Francis was her teacher. And, um, and they were studying something. And, huh? It was show and tell. So Brooklyn had her show and tell on her desk, and Brooklyn doesn't like. She's like her mama. She has a bigger space bubble. So we've always teased Cutie that when the kids would come up to her and give her a hug, then they would hug and nah. one, two, three, and they would back out. So <laughs> you didn't get for that. I didn't get permission. That one I'm in trouble for. And so, um, anyways, but Brooklyn has. She's like her mom. She has a little more Texas-sized space bubble, and so. And she doesn't like people being around her. And she says, you know, that it, it, it's, she doesn't like being in tight spaces, none of that. So she's having show and tell, and all the class comes in crowds around her desk. So she's in her little desk, and everybody's leaning over her. And she begins to get uncomfortable with all of that. And then she has this moment where she picks the wrong word, like I often do. It's, it's a, My grandfather did it It's a long line of getting in a tight situation And just picking the wrong word And so she sits there And she takes it as long as she possibly can Her little second grade self Holds it back as long as she can And she, she finally says Everybody back up I'm feeling constipated <laughs> Okay Constrophobic That's the word I wanted But the truth is, there's not that big of a difference. There's really not. There's really not. There's some discomfort there. Things don't work right. Life's not all it should be. And so, but that's it. We don't want life to be that. We don't want life to bury us down and make us feel uncomfortable on any form or fashion. And we see this truth in Psalms 127. Psalms 127 finds itself in this list of the psalm of ascents. And they're all short. They're easy to memorize psalms. And all of these psalms of ascents are designed for the, for the people of God, the Israelites, to begin to say they're prayerful as they are approaching and they're ascending up to the temple. As they're going up to worship. And these are things to kind of reset your mind. And this is one of my favorite ones. Because it's, it's, since it's my job as a minister, I can get easily get into a work-related place when it comes to my relationship with God and, and serving Him. And this is a constant reminder to me. Psalms 127, verses 1 and 2. Unless the Lord builds the house. It's builder's labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and you stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for He grants sleep to those He loves. He gives us rest. Life isn't about, when we're in the flow and letting God do it, it isn't about a life that's so cluttered we can't get a good night's rest, that we don't have time to take a break. The world will try to tell you the more you can cram into it, the better life is. But God says, no, you let him build it and it'll be all that it should be. And there's this breathing room. There's this restful place. There's this area where we can really, really enjoy this life that he has given us to live. See, these these next few statements, they're kind of poised like good old uh, redneck jokes, but these really aren't funny. And so, um, and, uh, but, I, but I put them like redneck jokes, so you might think that you should laugh, but it's really not funny. There's no pressure to laugh at them. <laughs> so, but the truth is, is that if life is too busy to have a regular date night with your spouse, then you need some white space. If you can't cultivate a life-giving relationship with the most important person, person you're in covenant with on this planet, you need some white space. If life is so hectic that you don't think before you speak, you need some white space. If life is just coming at you so fast and the things just roll out and so many times you wish you could take them back or, or say it different or not say anything at all, you need some, you need some white space. If life is so busy that you parent your children out of the emotion of the moment instead of out of principles and purpose, then you need some white space. A lot of the teachable moments with our children aren't scheduled. They come and all of a sudden it's there and you've got to take that break and seize that moment. And if there's not some white space in your schedule, you'll skip right over it and will respond the wrong ways to our children. We've got to allow God to help us to be genuine parents to our kids. If money is so tight that you never have room to be generous, then you need some financial white space. We need this, folks. Our lives can't be everything that they're called to be if we don't let God come in and set the priorities and understand there's some there's some good things that we should say no to. There's some good things we should say no to. There's some things that we need to let the Holy Spirit begin to, to pull out of our lives. We'll find our, ourselves like my, like my little sister when we went camping. We all would go camping all the time. Those are our favorite vacations. And we would sleep on. They didn't have, really have air mattresses back when I was a kid. They, they had the little inflatable raft things, like the little inflatable like beds for a pool. So we would blow those up and put our sleeping bags on them. And so, and, uh, so we would do that and my sister fell off and she was between one of those inflatables and the, the tents. So the tents like coming up across her face and the inflatables right here. And all of a sudden in the night we all wake up to just this commotion. And my sister Ginger just kicking and moving and, and hollering, Somebody give me some room! Because she was just stuck. Folks, we will find ourselves in that place if we don't let it come in. John 10.10, 10, we've been looking at the scripture over and over again at youth. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy and sometimes that thief comes in and he steals and he kills and destroys by just trying to choke us out with a bunch of good stuff, just way too much busyness, way too much clutter. Sometimes it's the obvious. It's the hurt and it's the pain and it's the junk of life. And sometimes it's the subtle. And we have to listen to the Spirit of God and let him build the house because Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and they may have it to the full. I love the way the the message translation puts that last part, where Jesus says, I came that they can have a real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. That's what he wants. That's what he wants for us. See, if we'll look to God, then he will guide us into investing our lives into the things that really, really matter. Matthew 6, very familiar passage, 31, says, Therefore do not be anxious about anything. What shall we eat? Do we need to eat? Is that a good thing? Absolutely. What What should we drink? Even more important, we can go even less of time without something to drink. What shall we be clothed with? We're not a bunch of nudists, we need some clothes. All these are important. It says, for the nations seek after all these things. People that don't give a rip about God have these same needs, and they seek after them. It says, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things are going to be added to you. Seek first God's way of doing things, his kingdom. And His righteousness, simply what He says is right, and every, all of this other stuff falls in place when we genuinely, when we put Him first. The rest of this stuff really begins to find its proper spot. And when we think about things being cluttered, things being being messed up, or where we just can't see, when we need to make room for what really matters. A good example of this is just a dense fog. You can have like a whole city that this dense fog comes in, and where you can't see anything, you can't see your hand in front of your face. And a dense fog that's seven blocks by seven blocks by a hundred feet deep is made up of 60 billion little water particles that, if you put them together, they're like a 32 ounce glass of water. A big glass of water has come in and shut, can shut down everything. So many times that we think all oh, these things are so huge, the clutter up our lives, and we can't deal with them. And when, this, when we really get to the substance of it, it's not that big of a deal. That's why he tells us, we don't have to worry about this stuff. I've got it. I've got this. You can trust me. we're going to have a, a, a Celebration Church translation of that passage. We're going to condense it down. And I want us to get this down deep in us. If we understand this, this is what, to me, this is what those three verses are just saying. What matters to me matters to God. So what matters to God matters to me. What matters to me? Stuff I eat, drink what I have to wear, those different things, they matter to him. He knows he has a them. So what matters to God, the kingdom, righteousness, things can matter to me. I can put those things first and not have to worry that somehow I'm going to get kicked to the curb in this deal. It's not the way it is. We can have the most wonderful thing right in our presence and totally blow it. Let's look at Luke 10. Verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. This is Jesus, listening to Jesus. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. All the food, all of the little stuff, the glasses of water, all of those little different things, being a hostess. Good stuff. But she was distracted by it. And she came to Jesus. And here, this is the interaction that we have. She could have asked him anything. She's talking to Jesus. She had Jesus' attention. Jesus is going to reply. She could have asked him so many different things. God in the flesh. But here's what she said She said, Lord, don't you care? That's what it really comes down to. When we get distracted by all of the other stuff, that's what it comes down to. In the back of our minds, we're going, God, I'm not really sure if you care. I know what the Bible says, I know what the preacher guy says, and I know what's supposed to be the right answer, and if I'm given the test, I'll write it down, but when it comes to my life, I'm not really sure if you care. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself. I feel alone. I feel alone, and I'm not sure you care. Tell her. This is her prayer. She's asking God, we would call it making a request before God, prayer, right? She is asking Jesus for something. This is her prayer. Tell her to help me. That's your prayer. Tell my sister to like my load a little bit. Tell her to give me a break. Jesus' replies, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You're worried and upset about many things, but few are needed. There's all this clutter, but there's only I few things that are really important. There's really some white space here, Martha. It's not as much as you think. Only a few things are needed. Or indeed, oh my goodness, just one. You can clear out the rest of the board and push it all, and there's just the one. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. That's why he comes back to that seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. She's chosen the better and nothing, she's not going to be lacking anything. It's not going to be taken. It's not. We find ourselves in life over and over again being Martha. And as we get to know him and trust him, we're making to recognize He's going to really be there for us. 2 Peter 1, 2-4 says, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God, through knowing Him, and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil (coughs) desires. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. See, the truth is this isn't about religious duty or obligation. Seeking God first isn't about this religious duty oh, I better do it, I better do it, I have to do this. It's not about obligation. It comes down to an issue of trust. He's guided us to invest our lives in stuff that matters the most and said, I'm going to take care of that 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 isn't as essential. He has freed you up to live at the highest level of life. At the highest level. We we look at. At first, it, it really bothered me, you know, that there would be this disparity and that there would be these talented people and there would be these teams hired to, like, go and get their coffee and, and do, take care of their errands and do all this kind of stuff. And, and it, honestly, it seemed kind of kind of lazy to me. You know, you, man, you need to get your own coffee. You can do these kinds of different things. But what I realized is what was happening is that the person who was ultimately in charge, of even this person who had this assistant, what they were wanting to do is free up that person to operate at their highest level. That the time that was getting coffee could be utilized in a different place. That the time doing something else, going and picking up their own dry cleaning, could be utilized in another place. God wants us. That's why he says we should spend all of this mental energy fretting about our lives because he wants us to live on a higher plane and invest our lives in what really, really matters. Matthew 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you if your son asks for bread, says, here you go, Junior. Here's a stone. Break your twos on this, son. No, nobody does that. People don't do that. Or if he asks for a fish, give him a snake. Dad, I want something to eat. Oh, here, here's, have a viper. Have a little rattlesnake here, son. No. Nobody does that. He says, you, if you then, though you are evil, if you'll be honest, you're not the greatest people on the planet. You have some problems and you do some dumb stuff, but you know not to do this. You may not have it all together, but you don't do this. If you then being evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? It? It's again, it's a trust issue. Is he really going to take care of me? Is he really going to be there if I really decide to put my life fully into his hands? Is he really going to be there and to take care of me? I had a. Uh, uh, a beautiful privilege this week. And at the end of the service, if I had my wish, there'd be an awesome man standing right over there with his awesome wife. Did it for years and years and greeted people. They said yes to Jesus, and it was our first contact with them and their, their life in Christ. And about two months ago, he got a diagnosis that nobody wants to get. And that was that he had had cancer. And it was radically advanced. And uh, that he didn't have long. And, uh, and I, I just, you know, went and initially spent some time with Larry. Larry Lane, that's what I'm talking about. And uh, uh, we see in the word. And, and I, I'll God's a healer. He heals. He heals. I'll never back off of that. But we also see that to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord, and heaven is no consolation prize by any means. And that man has desired the presence of God like nobody else I personally know. And I'd go and I would hang out with Larry in this process, and there was just this peace of God that was just all over him and Beth. And I explained it to people like this. You know, because everybody's like, all right, let's pray. Let's pray for for healing. That's what I want to pray for. We've seen God heal people of of cancer all the time. I mean, it's not, God's a healer. But He's like, I'm ready to go home. And I'm like, Larry, what are you doing? We don't want you to go home. And it was the rest of us having to get on board. It really was. And it irritated me. It's like, Larry, you're jacking with me. This is hard for me as a pastor. I'm going to walk this out one way, and you're challenging me to do it this whole other way. We had some honest, some honest conversations. We could do that with Larry. And finally, we got on board with him. And I explained it to people this way. If there have been a bus to heaven just right outside his curb, he'd have hugged everybody, prayed over everybody. He'd have gone and got on it and said, I will see you there. Just because he was hungry for heaven. Friday, We got word that he wasn't doing good that his, his, his body was, was deteriorating quickly and I went over there Friday afternoon and uh, his grown kids were there, and Miss Beth was there and his sister was there and Larry loved our style of music Jesus culture, Bethel, hill song, he had a little iPod playing in his room and so we go in there to pray and it turn into a worship service, we stepped in to worship. I'm telling you, you you think about what maybe what we were enjoying here earlier, it was so much, as much as wonderful as that was, it was so much even sweeter than what we had just 20 minutes ago. And it was Larry, worshiping. And no, he couldn't say the words and sing along with them at that moment, but he was worshiping God, and we just stepped in, and it's something that should have on the outside been the appropriate thing to just cry. Is I just couldn't help but laugh. And I'm just laughing in the presence of God and it is such a beautiful, beautiful thing as his family is there and I'm telling you folks God's presence and his promises in our lives, they carry us from the moment we said yes to him all the way until we transcend over. And I tell you, if you ever doubt that you talk to any of his family, because it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. It was beautiful. The Spirit of God was there. And he was he was excited excited about it. And then when I got the word just a few hours later, that he had he gone home. That it was a moment of celebration for everybody. And people on the outside don't get it. Like, how can you be that way? You you don't understand the spirit of our God and you don't get it. It won't make sense. But I tell you what, it is an incredible, beautiful thing. That his promises are there for us. See Hebrews eleven six says, and without faith it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, and He's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek Him. And Larry Elaine, <laughs> he was hungry for the presence of God, and he stepped over, and it was a beautiful thing, and he did it by faith. See Romans fifteen thirteen says, may the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That was what we stepped into was the overflow of hope out of a man full of faith. That was what was in that room. That was what we experienced. It was amazing. We, the the power and the life of, of God I'm telling you, it is to commit your whole life to him. And there's nobody that exemplified that better than Larry. He was a minister, was never on church payroll. I'm telling you, he administered you in a parking lot, wherever. He was awesome. Awesome. And the truth is, as we seek to truly know God, and to truly trust him, our lives will align around those things the most. They'll just will. They'll begin to align around loving God and loving others. They really, really will. This morning, we want to create an opportunity for you that you're like, Brandon, I this relationship with God thing, I'm new to this. I've heard about, uh, about this thing of of being a Christian, going to church, and religious obligation, but this concept of just knowing God and trusting Him, I'm new to that. And I want that. I want a relationship with God not based on what I can do for Him, but what He's done for me. And then that changes everything. So what we want to do is we want to create a quiet moment. give you an opportunity. You say, you know what, I I want to trust God like that. I want to place my faith. I want to place my faith in Jesus and Jesus alone. That I can live with hope every second of my life on this earth and step over in a place of sweet peace. I want that. If that's you, then I want you to just raise your hand. And we want to pray with you Awesome. T9, there's somebody over there to respond to you. Bless God. Believers, I just ask that you just lift your voices with these that have responded. And let's just <clears throat> speak this to God together. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that He paid the price. That he did death so that I can have life. And I believe it today. Today I'm your child. You're my father. And you're going to take care of my life. as I just trust you. I thank you for that today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We can just stand up. I want to pray over you as we go out. We've got some opportunities for you to sign up for some small groups. These small groups are designed to help you create some white space in life, they're designed to help you set apart. And help learn how to let the what really matters most shine forth. We've got a small group that's focused around, around the, the marriage relationship. We've got a small group around parenting. We've got a small group around finances. We've got small groups for our, our, our college people. Pursuing the assignment that God has for their life. We've got multiple small groups. I want to encourage you to genuinely pray about getting a part of one of those. We've got the law homes who will be out there. They're normally up here praying. If you've got questions about that, do that. They don't start this week. They'll start the next week, so you can look at your schedule and you can get it it going. But I encourage you to get signed up for that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy, your love that is so wonderful. God, we we just want to, Lord, just to... We just wanted to take this moment together as a church. God, I thank you, Lord, for Larry Lane and the impact that he's had on all of us. God, we thank you, Lord, for the legacy and the life of faith that he lived, Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for that passion for you, Lord, have been infectious, Lord, and just changing my life, God. Lord, we pray for the family and all those who love him so deeply. And God, that we would just be able to, to walk through this together in a life-giving way. Lord, I, call, I speak life over all of us as we go out of here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Remember, we're getting together at the rink tonight at 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock at the rink. we love to see you there.